Bring Me to Life. That is the title of today's message. Now, you may or may not be familiar with the infamous intersection in Georgia where I-285 and I-85 come together. Now, this is not just a routine intersection that we are all familiar with, one that we see every day, but rather it's a formidable monstrosity that spans several miles and includes many overpasses and exit ramps. You may be familiar with your own traffic pattern nightmare that you've experienced in your lifetime. The point is, no matter how many times that you've navigated this massive engineering tangle of concrete and steel, you still must pay very close attention to the signs if you want to get through it successfully. Now while this is actually a very efficient traffic hub, you do not want to be passing through it during the daily rush hour. Because if you do, you better be prepared to hang around a while. Got a good book? You will not be the first to negotiate to start engaging Spaghetti Junction with a smile on your face, maybe with even a song on your lips, you know you had a great day, only to exit after a very long time of mental anguish, through which you rehearse the thoughts that this is it. I'm moving as far from this nightmare as I can. I can't take it anymore. The good news, everyone eventually makes it out. The bad news, very few come out with the same attitude that they went in with. The longer you sit there, the more your attitude will go down the tubes. Now what about our hearts? Our hearts are also hubs. Everything, good and bad, that makes that make up our life experiences gets processed in the heart. And while we're on this, let me say that we will be dealing with this in detail in an exciting new future series. Um, but as a tease, you may not be aware that the heart has its own independent nervous system, a mini-brain, a complex system with at least 40,000 neurons. That's as many as are found in various subcortical centers of the physical brain. Your heart brain acts like a checking station or conscience for all the emotions generated by the flow of chemicals from thoughts. I can't wait to get into that series. But getting back now, life hits us from all directions. But, yes, you guessed it, everything gets channeled through our hearts. The problem becomes, however, that the negatives we experience tend to get stuck in there. They will eventually, though, work their way out via our words and actions. But, because of the delay between in and out, we do not readily make the connection. So what happens is that we will not know why we are having these certain feelings and generating emotions that seemingly don't make any sense given the current situation. But they are very real. And if left unchecked, the resulting behavioral patterns can be self-destructive and of a relationship-destroying nature. It would appear that Jesus was right, as we saw in our last message, and that all that stuff that we don't like about ourselves really does come from the heart. Yeah, like there was any question that Jesus was right. The heart is involved in every conversation and in every relationship. Our lives emanate from it. 
The intensity of our communication is impacted by our hearts. All aspects of our life intersects with what is going on in there. The heart is where everything passes through on its way to its destination. So we state again, there is a need to monitor our hearts. Now life is not played on a level playing field. Uh, that would be great if it was. But rather, life is not always kind. Hurt and rejection are experienced by all of us at one time or another. Some of us have more experience than others. Because of these unavoidable, unavoidable realities, negative things get lodged in our hearts. Have you ever heard someone say, or uh, have you ever said things like, I'll never trust another man. He broke my heart. She hurt me bad. Now these are all verbal descriptions that we develop as a result of having those negatives lodged in our hearts. How about when talking about those whose hearts have been hurt? Do these sayings ring a bell? She's hard-hearted. He's put up walls so don't even try. He has trust issues. And the ever-popular, she's cold. Wounds are often inflicted on us in childhood. And this will also be covered in that future series that I mentioned earlier. During childhood, we are not able to accurately process exactly what we feel. We just know it's bad and don't want to ever feel that way again. When the hurt is repeated, we begin developing coping mechanisms. We have to, because naturally, it's natural to want the pain to stop. And then once it does, we want to prevent it from happening again. Sometimes when the pain is extreme, we will use extreme measures. Childhood pain doesn't always have a name either. When adults kid around with children, the child cannot process that. They take everything as factual, and if it's something that is negative, they just don't know that all they know is that they feel bad. And if it's the first time, then the child experiences feelings that he or she has never had before. The new feelings have no name and no place to go. So, if left alone, they will get lodged in the heart, and this is dangerous, especially to children. For most of us, unfortunately, when we received our first wound, there was no one around to help us through it. And as a result, we carried it around with us, very determined, very determined, not to let it happen again. By the time we were adolescents, we all had wounded hearts. The jabs we received seemingly came from everywhere and everyone. Friends, parents, teachers, coaches, enemies at school, with absolutely no way to avoid them. Does that sound familiar? So what was your weak spot? Some may have had, you know, buck teeth, some, had, some may be chubby, some may have big feet or big ears, some may have hair issues, skin issues, whatever. And the abuse can seem unbearable. Kids can be cruel to one another, and they most certainly are. And you may have your own stories to tell. As a kid, when kids tell you something about you, you believe it. 
No question, you believe it. And long after the problems are overcome, the memories and scars always manage to hang around. The junk that gets lodged in our hearts comes from a variety of sources. But sometimes the worst junk is self-inflicted. We have all heard the saying that, uh, that we are our own worst enemies. Well, how true is that statement? One of the most heart-damaging, self-inflicted wounds is the harboring of secrets. If you are a pastor, I'm sure that you have counseled many people who have had hidden habits or are harboring or were harboring secrets from their past. And what do secrets do? They cause people to build walls in their relationships. Sometimes this causes those very same people to become suspicious of those closest to them for no other reason but because they themselves are guilty of that very thing. Secrets over time will take their toll. Guilt will destroy relationships. And another heart problem, uh, which eventually impacts our words and actions, is shame. Now these are only two of the many examples out there that people experience. No one reaches adulthood without having hits to the heart. But it's our response to those hits that determines the condition of our hearts. We can't control how people treat us and what they say to us, but we can monitor their effects on our hearts. Maybe, just maybe, we can reverse the process. Now, are you wondering at this point, is this really that important? Well, yeah. Heart issues always take their toll on relationships by impacting your ability to initiate and maintain intimate relationships. Now, while sexual relationships are included in this intimacy statement, it's not what we're referring to. Intimacy hinges upon knowing and being known. And therefore, issues of the heart make that difficult. Intimacy hinges upon knowing and being known, and issues of the heart make that difficult. Let's face it. People who have issues based on something from the past don't really want to be known or discovered. So, what do they do? They put up walls and take on a defensive position. The last thing they want is to be found out. You may be able to get close, but they won't let you get too close. And when you try, they will declare that you are the problem. People like this don't like to look in the mirror because they don't like what they see. You will reap the consequences if you push them too far. And their issues may very well become your issues. Remember, hurt people hurt people. And then they hurt people, and then they hurt people. But hey, maybe you're the one with the issues. Maybe you're not the victim. We have all some house cleaning to do, whatever our situation. Maybe if we take the painful look in the mirror, we can find that motivation we need 
would change. Hopefully, uh, this series will help you to do this. Now, here's a really serious aspect of what we've been discussing. There are those that have been hurt so bad and it runs so deep that they lose their faith in God. Some may even blame Him. One of the worst things that you can do with these types of people is start a theological conversation with them. Because it's not a theological uh, issue that, that prompted this problem. Their problems are most likely the result of life experiences and issues. Add the component of time to the mix, and you'll find eroded faith in God. Fill in the blank here. From the heart comes blank. Once they begin to address their heart issues, it is very possible for their faith to spring back to life. I'm sure that if any of you out there are pastors, you most probably have had situations where this indeed, in fact, has happened. Once the individual finds the courage to quit blaming or quit playing the blame game and instead takes a good look at what is lodged in his or her heart, something remarkable can and will happen. So many people become numb to the life of God because of heart damage. If this is you, have the courage to ask for help. God, when asked, is very eager to respond and will bring you back to life. So we're finished laying the groundwork now. And in our next message, we'll start to expose the four invaders that are hidden within us. See you next time.